and welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to women in the music industry and the challenges that they face. Each episode features songs by your new favorite band and where you can find them. Come on, the show is starting. I'll see you guys at the front. guys and welcome back to Rebel Hearts. This is episode 29 and today I was actually asked if I would do an episode reviewing Paramore's 2009 album Brand New Eyes after I had tweeted out that the album was necessary for it to happen and uh, yeah so basically here we are. Now anyone that knows me knows that prior to After Laughter Brand New Eyes was my favorite Paramore record and Careful was one of my all-time favorite songs prior to Told You So being thing so they're they're up there after laughter and brand new eyes are my two favorites and then careful and told you so are my two favorites they're like you know you can't pick a favorite child so those are my two and two so being asked to do this exactly wasn't pulling teeth I was glad to do it it was a no-brainer for me I know so much about this record I resonate so much with it so brand new eyes is an important record in general and for me I remember the day Ignorance dropped and I watched the little clip that they had put out to promote it and I was absolutely sold on this record. I'm a fan of aggressive music. I mean, I love all music, but I love... Nothing speaks to me more than an artist pouring out passion and getting out their aggression in a positive way. And Ignorance already was going to be gold for me because of the chorus and how angry it sounded as opposed to Riot and that kind of, you know... Uh, I guess more pop punk feeling and all we know is falling you know they were kind of just finding their roots and everything it was very rooted in pop punk it wasn't really aggressive I think it was just you know um, the lyrics were the lyrics were kind of heavy lyrically for how old that they were and everything but nothing hit me the way that ignorance did. Now, Brand New Eyes came out in 2009, the same year my favorite movie, 500 Days of Summer, came out, and I started my first job, which was actually at Hot Topic. 2009 was an important year for me because it's the year I emotionally shut myself off from everybody, and I was dead set on not being in a relationship or doing anything that was going get to get in the way of living my life. Obviously, that didn't last too long, but that is completely irrelevant. <laughs> Brand New Eyes came out in September. That same month, I got my license, and I remember all I wanted to do was play it in my car. It was actually the, it was actually the first a uh, full record that I played when I drove to Port Jeff with my friend Brooke. It was like a 20 minute drive. I remember Turn It Off being really deep for me for no particular reason. It was just one of those songs that really got me while I was driving. And when the Brand New Eyes DVD came out, I watched it and called up a friend to try and start a band because I just got a surge of inspiration to be in a band for absolutely no reason. It was just... I don't know, that DVD really kind of changed me at that time. Brand New Eyes is the first record that Taylor is actually an official member on, and I definitely think that it added a lot to their sound. You know, there's such a difference between Riot and Brand New Eyes. I think it's a lot more mature, as Josh said on the DVD. I definitely agree with that. And just the lyrical content alone is just super, super heavy as opposed to Riot. Riot wasn't really as heavy as Brand New Eyes was. Needless to say, I have a lot of memories with the record and the year that it came out. The Brand New Eyes tour was also one of my favorite tours that Paramore ever did. And to this day, probably my favorite era behind the After Laughter era that we're currently in. The album is known by fans and the band as the record that was supposed to save Paramore and apparently drove them apart. It's been debated uh, by everybody in the band at that time. Uh, Paramore went on the last word with MTV and basically said that the three of them at the time felt that it saved the band were the... Other two members didn't feel that it did. 
But I mean, that's that's irrelevant too. But that's at the time it was, you know, did it save Paramore or drive them apart? Either way, now in 2017, who really cares? The band is still going and after laughter is a thing. So irrelevant. It's also known as their angriest record and Haley refers to it a lot that way and even said on tour two that they don't want to be angry anymore. I mean, they even have a song on self-titled called I'm Not Angry Anymore. So that's that speaks something too. to me again besides this current era it was definitely Paramore's most authentic and if anyone from the band is listening I don't mean that to sound rude or degrading or demeaning to any of your other music but I really do mean that I felt every bit of passion in that era angry happy sad absolutely every emotion possible that was poured out onto the stage onto the record everything that happened in that era the brand new eyes tour intro and the miracle outro are arguably for me the best set of lyrics written by anyone ever with in case of rapture by Saul's lions trailing right behind them if you know me you know i love the miracle outro and i am still heartbroken it only got played at 11 shows and one of them wasn't the nyc date that i went to the passion in that song and the vocal ability will honestly change the way that you listen to music i totally get why they couldn't play that every night because it's probably the equivalent to all i wanted if Haley lyrically if Haley vocally kept that up every night she actually lost her voice on that tour in pomona during decode and safe to say the miracle outro probably wasn't a great idea to perform anymore so i totally get why i was taken off the set list on that tour i definitely don't want Haley to sacrifice her voice for a beautiful song even though it is an absolutely incredible musical experience it's not even a song it's a fucking experience but yeah, so if they ever want to play it again, I'm all for it. But I totally understand if it never happens, especially in 2017 and all the nonsense that went along with that song not being recorded. It's all cool with me. I just love that song so much. I could really talk about Brand New Eyes all day. I could talk about The Miracle all day long. You guys know if you follow me on Twitter, if you've been a friend of mine since 2009, you know that's all I talk about on a daily basis. Maybe not a daily basis, but I talk about it enough where people know that that's my thing. You guys wanted a review episode, though, so I have to go song by song at some point. So I guess this is where I'm going to start. It's not a chore for me, though, so buckle up because I have a lot of feelings. We're going to go with song number one, Careful. We start the record with track one. Careful is the best drums on any Paramore song, period. Not debatable. I will argue it forever. And I said it. (laughs) (laughs) it's definitely the best drums on any Paramore song ever. I love that song so much. I love the drums and no shade to Aaron, but nobody plays that song like Zach does. I'm sorry, but he just crushes it every time. Careful is such a strong and powerful opener to this record. It also has the set of lyrics that ex-guitarist Josh tried to get on Haley for saying that she was taking the Bible verse and basically taking them out of context and doing a disservice to them. The line is the truth never set me free. So I did it myself in contrast to the line in the Bible, the truth shall set you free. Now Paramore went on MTV's The Last Word and kind of talked about that a little bit. Taylor was talking about how when Haley brought that lyric to them, they had a huge conversation about it. And Haley was basically saying, your truth never set me free. I know that I'm not saying that in the lyrics, but that's what I mean. And I'm not trying to discredit the verse, but that's how I feel. So the band was very aware that she wrote that and they talked about it. And it was just kind of irrelevant that he brought it up. And it was basically just such bullshit because Josh was out here making it seem like he was trying to be America's best Christian and anyone who doesn't share his exact views is an absolute menace to society. So fuck that. 
I think it was so wrong for him to attack another Christian about her beliefs and the way that she chose to take something and put her own words to it and relate it and relate it to how she felt. So absolutely on the side of the bandwidth that not on the side of, you know, not being for it. I think that was ridiculous. Haley has talked about the song on writing the future and talked about what it was like to write it for her. This is from the Georgia show from writing the future. I want to tell you that when we wrote this next song, I was like 19, I think. And it was the hardest time in my whole life that I can remember really. And um, I just did not believe that, that, that my life was going anywhere. I really doubted it. Even with everything that was good for Paramore, I just, I doubted everything. And now, as a 26-year-old, all I wish I could do is go back to that 19-year-old girl and say, you're going to be cool. It's fine. So tonight, as we play this next song, I want us to remember this collectively, and especially when we all leave this room that's so safe and cozy tonight. Please remember, wherever you are out in your life, if you're at an end of an era or the beginning of an era, don't be scared. Just keep moving forward. It's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. Careful was the first song Paramore wrote that I felt addressed, I guess, what Fake Happy is currently doing for After Laughter. The lyrics to Careful are basically saying, I have no reason to complain and I'm scared to because people will think I'm ungrateful and I'm not, but I'm not happy right now and I don't know if I'll be able to finally express it. I love Careful. It's, like I said, it's my favorite Paramore song in conjunction with Told You So. It is such a heavy song lyrically, musically. Seeing it live is one of those experiences that I will never take for granted. I I record a little bit of careful every time that I see it live and I always like compose a video every time I go on a Paramore tour. It's just one of those heavy hitting songs and I'm so glad that it's track one off Brand New Eyes. I think it really sets the tone for it. So that's really all I have to say for careful. I mean, it's not all I have to say for it, but I mean, I don't want to make uh, an episode that's like four hours long. So that's all I'll say for careful. Haley actually wrote all the lyrics and meanings to all the songs for Brand New Eyes in a handwritten journal that came out with this box set um, at the time. I don't know if it's still available, but um, it came out and it's really cool. I'll read you guys after every song what she had wrote about each. For Careful, she wrote, and I'm sorry in advance, the way that this was mass produced in conjunction with her handwriting kind of makes it a little hard to read, but I'll do my best. She said, for petty reasons, I lived under a rock in a corner for over half my teenage life. I closed myself off in order to sustain relationships with a limited amount of people. I thought I could keep on their good side if I just did this or that. I have since liberated myself to the freedom of following my own heart instead of chasing others. When I see people I'm close to living the same prison style life that I found that I forced myself into, it hurts my heart. It makes me wonder why sometimes it's so hard to clear the glass and look outside your little bubble. Go out and find adventure. Live every single second. I have a favorite song for this very idea, One Life, One Chance by H2O, but now I get to sing my very own version. So all of that being said, here's a little bit of Careful. All 
right, so that was track one, Careful. Track two is called Ignorance. Now, Ignorance was the first single off Brand New Eyes, and the video for it was super dark. A lot of people were shaken by it, and honestly, I was one of them. Up until this point, Paramore was a pretty energetic and upbeat band, like I already stated. And yeah, of course, they've had lyrics with dark and sad themes, but Ignorance broke them out of that box. This was angry. This was passionate. This meant something. The way Haley delivers the chorus alone kind of fucks me up and kind of sounds like she's trying not to actually scream these lyrics like she kind of does an idol worship in those um in those little pre-choruses and to be totally honest the brand new eyes uh dvd covers a lot of this but it doesn't cover enough and it's really hard to watch in 2017 if i'm being honest with you guys the original the original lyrics Haley sings in the dvd to this song are if i'm a bad person you don't like me i guess i'll make my own way home and that took me until this moment to click how much deeper that is than the version that they put on the record now i really hate bringing this uh this up but this record brought so much darkness and I really have to mention it just for this purpose alone I'll try and keep the dark time of Paramore as uh, much out of it as possible but I have to mention this in order for my point to make sense Paramore canceled their UK final riot tour either in the middle or close to the end whatever it's not really important they just canceled the rest of the tour and they have said that they didn't know if they were going to ever see each other again or if the band was still going to be a thing when they got back to um Nashville or uh, Franklin, wherever they were all staying at the time. So Haley saying, I guess I'll make my own way home is kind of heartbreaking because they all live in the same state, or at least they did at the time, or relatively close to each other. And she's basically saying, I guess I'm the asshole here in this situation. And I guess I'll, you know, let all of you guys go on your, your way all together. And I'll make my way back to the same exact state all by myself. So that to me is a little heartbreaking because imagine Haley being all by herself with, you know, their crew and she's all alone and then the rest of the guys are on a plane all together and it's basically, you know, how she felt during ignorance and how she was kind of a reject and an outcast and how she was being judged. So I think that that line that was cut from the studio version really is a lot heavier than um, what they put out. So I just wanted to bring that up, even though I didn't really want to bring up the whole like turmoil thing, but it does hit a lot harder than you guys probably thought. So Haley is basically saying with this song, fuck this. I'm not going to beat around the bush. This is how I felt. This needs to be said. I won't live in fear anymore about what people think, especially the people in the band. And I mean, she was met with the reaction she kind of expected to when she presented the lyrics. The guys were not too happy about basically being dragged to death, but also they even said ignorance had to happen. I think this song is really important because the lyrics from start to finish are honest. They're authentic. They're honest. They're how Haley felt at the time. She might even still feel this from time to time. Who even knows? But the song definitely doesn't beat around the bush whatsoever. It is blunt. It is in your face. This is what she wants to say. And you don't have to interpret anything, which is great. It's all right out in the open. And the band's new vision with the megaphone and the intro have really elevated the song. And even Haley amped up the vocal power in the choruses channeling Aaron of Me Without You. And that's if you ask me. And I absolutely love it. And I think a lot of people have noticed that. And everybody's on board with it. I love Haley pushing the limits with her vocals. I love that she always does different things with her voice that you don't really hear on the record. I love that the band also does that as well. Um, in Brick by Boring Brick, Haley's been, uh, Taylor has been doing a lot of guitar um, a lot of guitar riffs that aren't in the original song, but they're really making it really, really fun live. And that's what you get. He's doing that little um, 
stop for a second and then they go into the um the second chorus it's it's all really fun i'm glad that they're playing with old songs and reinventing them it really makes paramore show in 2017 a lot more um a lot more fun even though they were always fun but it definitely breeds life into all of these older songs especially when they were all you know rooted in anger and everything it's really nice that they're putting kind of a positive light airy spin on it and yeah i i love ignorance it's one of my absolute favorite songs you're probably going to hear me say that about every single song on Brand New Eyes because it's just, I I love this record so much. I think it has a lot to say and I think it's very honest. I think it's very authentic. Other than After Laughter, it's the most authentic that I think Paramore has ever been. I'm sorry that's no shade to the self-titled era, but I have a lot of feelings about that era. And um, I'm not going to do an episode on that because I don't think a lot of people are going to agree and I really don't want it to seem like I'm... Um, shitting on that era because that era was really important but uh yeah I definitely think that brand new eyes was you know one of the most authentic times for Paramore even though it was one of the most tur tur I don't want to say turmoil times because that's not a uh it's not the correct way to phrase that I want to say tumultuous time maybe but it wasn't a great time to be in Paramore um I think personally, I mean, I love the era, but I think that there was a lot of unresolved issues, obviously with Josh and uh, Zach leaving. I think, you know, that whole era was kind of based on them not being happy and it definitely showed. And I really think that um, Josh didn't feel that it saved the band. I think it drew it grew, uh, drew him further apart from all the rest of the bandmates. So I definitely think that Brand New Eyes um, kind of, not forced it to happen, but allowed him to really sit and think about it and debate whether or not he wanted to be in the band or not, and then brought Zach with him. I don't think that Zach ever really was involved with that statement that was um, made in 2012, it was, or 2011, whatever year that they left. I really don't think that Zach had anything to do with it. I think he was just standing by his brother, and I think that he didn't really have much else to say maybe he wasn't happy at the time but I definitely think that Zach being back is something that he wanted and I know I just rambled on and on about nothing when I was supposed to talk about ignorance but um yeah this also was one of the songs where there's a line it's not a war it's not a rapture and it was debated that that's a biblical term but no one really said much about it but I just had to throw that in there that that was also a controversial thing even if it wasn't as controversial as um the truth never set me free, so I did it myself. But yeah, so that was Ignorance. Uh, Haley wrote about it on two pages, actually. Um, actually, did she? Sorry, I should have probably done this beforehand. Actually, it was just on one page. She says, if there's anything that I have learned from this life, from my parents, God, from experience, is that you must be open-minded. You have to accept people's flaws or people's differences from you. You have to accept your differences from other people. Who said you were right? Who said you have you are the standard that everyone has to measure up to? Sometimes friends become enemies, but what's worse is when they become strangers. I think that that's really fucking heavy and I definitely think that that still resonates with a lot of people when they think about this song. So um, yeah, the song will forever be one of Paramore's like heaviest songs, I believe, that they ever wrote. If you listen really close in the uh, choruses, Haley is like screaming no in it. And uh, I definitely think that she pushes her like rasp, almost scream vocal in the song the most than she's had in any other song. So here's a little bit of ignorance.
I've always wondered if that was Haley screaming in the back of that um, that last chorus, if anybody can ever isolate the vocals to that or can tell me that for sure, if it was a vocal effect or whatever it is, I would love to hear it. I just want to know if she's actually screaming because that would just make that song so much more um, amazing for me, even though it's already amazing. So yeah, if you have um, editing skills and you could isolate that, that'd be so cool. Anyway, that was track two. That was called Ignorance. Track three is called Playing God. This is another song that is totally bold and ballsy lyrically. We got three songs in a row that are just heavy hitting with the um, no holding back. And I absolutely love it. That's why this is one of my favorite records of all time, because it just does not beat around the bush. You know, this is out in the open. Everything that Haley was feeling this entire album cycle is laid out for us. There is no interpreting. I mean, there's at least a little interpreting, but not much, you know. The interpreting goes with who she's talking about, basically. But the content, you know what she's trying to say. The lyric, if God's the game that you're playing, we'll, we must get more acquainted. It has to be so lonely to be the only one who's holy. That alone is basically calling back to Haley being accused of uh, denouncing the Bible and the idea of I'm a better Christian than you. It also calls attention to pointing fingers at her. Meanwhile, the person in question isn't as innocent as they think that they are. And they're not as perfect as they think they are. The video also hits the uh, the theme that they're going on with the record about feeling judged and feeling ganged up on that Haley has expressed in the Brand New Eyes uh, DVD. She um, she basically wrote ignorance about feeling judged and being treated like a reject and all of that. So that's the common theme in all these lyrics. Playing God is also musically an incredible song. The guitars in it are some of my favorites on the record. And yeah. The video is really cool. I like it personally. She has uh, all of the guys tied up in the basement and poisons them at a tea party. And I'm not really sure where they were going with the treatment on it, but I really like it. I think it's visually stunning. I think that all the colors are really cool. I like all of Haley's outfits in it. I like the whole idea of basically calling back to um, feeling ganged up on and all of that. Haley had a lot to say about playing God. She said, along with ignorance, the song is about feeling judged or looked at through a narrow mindset. Someone just doesn't get you, so clearly you're in the wrong. I have long past been over it. There was a point where it was close to controlling me. It's hard to live under a microscope, especially when these people are close enough to you they should see with their naked eyes. The song has much more of a religious angle or background to it than any of the other songs dealing with the subject might have I grown grew up in a Southern Baptist church. The whole town is practically Southern Baptist. That denomination has a reputation for being extremely strict, impersonal, and most shockingly, yet right, hypocritical. I have always been very turned off by that approach spiritually. Seems very routine and again so impersonal. If you are a Christian or believe in Christ, you might know what I mean when I say that it's important to get through oh my god I have no idea what she's writing the log out of your own eye before pointing out a tiny splinter in your brothers oh and for the record the bible is meant to be a weapon against temptation and evil not against your friends personal choice to live outside your own limits that you are set for yourself
So again, that was track three called Playing God. Track four is called Brick by Boring Brick. Now, originally when the song came out, I thought it was kind of strange. Um, me personally, I still listen to the song and the production on it sounds so much different than the rest of the record. Now, I don't mean that in a bad way, but Haley's voice, it just sounds so much different and it kind of sounds like they auto-tuned it a little bit. I mean, it obviously Haley knows how to sing. We all know that she knows how to sing. We know she's an incredible vocalist. Uh, she's proved it time and time again. There's no debate on it. But for some reason, it sounds like they auto-tuned her voice and it just kind of sounds weird and out of place on the record. Um, I, I don't understand it. They've never explained it. And I feel like I'm fucking crazy every time that I try to explain that to somebody because nobody that I know has ever felt that way. But it just does not sound like the rest of the record. It sounds very auto-tuned. And I don't understand why they would do that because, like I said... We obviously know she knows how to sing and obviously she has shown it on the whole record. She's shown it live and it's just, I don't know, I find it very strange. But I, I like the song personally. Uh, it's one of those songs lyrically that I don't find very aggressive. I don't find, um, I don't really relate to it. I mean, it's it's a cool song. I actually have a newfound appreciation for it since they've been playing it live and in the lyric journal actually Haley has the line at the end it says you'll be better off without me now and they started doing that live I don't know when they started doing it I believe I could I could be wrong but uh, I heard it for the first time at the exit in show when I uh, watched all my friends videos from it and then they've been doing it on all the tours for after laughter since and I think that it really drives home the hopelessness of the after laughter era kind of and brand new eyes like saying you'll be better off without me now is basically saying you don't like I could I could vanish tomorrow and life would still go on and I'm not really important which is really shitty because obviously if something god forbid ever happened to Haley a lot of people would care myself included her friends her family the fans of Paramore I mean if anybody if anything happened to anybody in Paramore we would all be absolutely devastated just because they're good people and because we've you know basically grown up with them forever so it really sucks that that hopeless lyric is so beautiful because it's just it's tragically beautiful and I think that that kind of sums up after laughter and brand new eyes I think that they're very similar similar and I think that's why they're my two favorites because um brand new eyes is this aggressive uh feeling fest basically it's just all of Haley's angry feelings that she's yet to get out I mean Riot sounds like it's going to be angry because it's called riot but it really isn't that angry i mean it's just kind of like i mean the band was in their teens still early 20s when that record came out so really not pressing things that have happened yet in their lives where brand new eyes comes out and you know Haley's 1920 i mean that's really not as profound yet i mean considering Right came out I think she was like 17 18 so really only a year but you do a lot of growing up in a year especially when you're approaching your 20s and you know your late 20s and 30s so I definitely think that she had more to say and I think that she had a lot more to be angry about because when Riot came out they were just kind of bursting onto the scene and I don't really think that they had any troubles or turmoil really in the band yet until Brand New Eyes came out and when they were recording that because you know when you first hit it big I guess and you're a successful band now because think about it when all we know is Falling came out they were still 
kind of an unknown band and they started getting attention when Misery Business came out. So this is the first time that they ever got to experience a taste of fame and all of this stuff. So they didn't really have much to complain about, I I guess. I mean, I don't know them. I don't know what they dealt with. They could have dealt with terrible times for all I know during Riot, but it didn't seem that way. Like when you look at Riot, you see the fun, you see them, you know, having a blast and really riding the high of being successful. Whereas Brand New Eyes, you kind of see like the Pharaohs, or mostly just Josh. I'm not even going to group Zach into this because Zach I have no issue with. And I think that he was literally just following his brother. But Josh just seems fucking miserable the entire time. I did meet and greets on that tour, the the final Riot tour. And he just like was not happy to be there. He just didn't seem stoked. The shows, he just kind of like did his thing and that was it. Like there was, there was really nothing to it. And it was really sad because you can kind of tell that he wasn't really into it anymore. I mean, if you watch the brand new eyes DVD in 2017 and knowing all of these things and watching all of the past interviews and watching them talk about it, you really see that he's like not stoked to be in the band anymore. And it's just really disheartening because brand new eyes is such a cool record. And I just hate that it took inner turmoil in the band for this record to happen and I think that Brand New Eyes wouldn't have happened if they didn't have all of these problems because songs like Ignorance you know stemmed from feeling judged and being mistreated and all of that and Careful the same themes so all of these songs kind of happened because Haley did not feel that her band was 100% and that she was being treated the way that she should be treated by people that were unhappy So Brick by Boring Brick, I don't really have much to say about it because lyrically I don't really identify with it. And also I think it's a little strange, not in a bad way, but I definitely think it's a little strange as opposed to everything else on the record. I think this isn't, this is the only song that's not really straightforward and kind of has metaphors and all of this stuff. So definitely a cool song. Definitely one of my favorites live now. Definitely gets the crowd going and I love the you'll be better off without me now part. Haley said, she wrote a whole page on it, actually. She says, I believe it's important to uh, stay young at heart, to have faith in what might seem impossible and that goals beyond your current abilities or temporary means. However, there is a huge difference, to me anyway, between acknowledging your dreams and never living in reality. Some people are so scared of being boring, so insecure with who they might be that they might build up this huge lie. It's all one big distraction for not only the onlookers, but for their self. To me, it is a selfish way to live, a great means of defense, but selfish nonetheless. I've been hurt by this lifestyle, uh, hurt by people I barely know. I've even been guilty of living this way. It's so common. I'm glad that I found some words to finally speak up about it. So, Here's Brick by Boring Brick. So again, that was track four, Brick by Boring Brick. This is track number five. It's called Turn It Off. I personally love Turn It Off. Like I had mentioned before when this episode started that uh, for some reason when I listened to it, I had a lot of feelings about it and I don't really know why. I guess because 
the the line, you know, I'm better off when I hit the bottom is just really relatable because you really do feel like you have to hit bottom before you can start going up. Like you have to hit the lowest point to finally enjoy the good times or to finally get to the good times, I should even say. And it just really proves that Haley had gotten to a point of really rock bottom before she could really go up because this whole record has a common theme of the band maybe making it or maybe not making it and it's just all of her feelings in between that I don't know stage of is Paramore still going to survive are we going to make another album what's going on you know there's this limbo moment that you hear throughout the entire record and songs like looking up and feeling sorry all of those songs they really have a common theme and turn it off kind of um calls back to that and I don't know it's just a beautiful song it's just kind of hopeless but kind of hopeful all in the same three minute song I oh it's a four minute song sorry I'm staring at it right now four minute long song um I'm really bummed that they didn't play it on tour two they played it on tour one and it was really really awesome they did an outro for it that was just really beautiful and it really just um really just elevated the song um I don't have a lot to say about turn it off but there's so much going on in it it's just you really have to keep pushing on you really have to get uh get back to the um the the good times once you hit uh rock bottom Haley said in accordance with playing god the song is the emotional result how I feel when I uh, when I think about the stupidity displayed by so-called Christians, and it seems that people who don't fall back on faith seem to have life figured out, or at least it, I believe it says looks, I, to be honest, I think it says, or it seems to look, uh, work fairly smoothly, smoothly on the surface. I really can't read it. It's the way that this thing was printed. I, I think she's trying to say, you know, they either have life figured out or they make it seem like it goes very smoothly on the surface. So we'll just uh, say that's what she actually wrote. And then she also said, what I found is there is beauty in the in the figuring it out. I hope I never have life figured out for myself. I want no one in a constant state of learning and growing. And I hope that God always shows me from the bottom, there are just more ways to uh, look up. So sorry that I had a really big issue reading that the way that this thing was printed is just really, really uh, bad. I don't know. I don't think Haley's handwriting is bad. I just think that the mass production of this journal made it seem uh, very illegible. (laughs) But anyway, here's a little bit of Turn It Off. So that was track five, Turn It Off. Track six is the only exception. I am absolutely sorry, but this is my least favorite Paramore song that they have ever written. That includes B-sides, that includes um, anything that they've ever released, that includes demos, anything. And I know that sounds super harsh, but like 
I, I, I just don't like love songs. I said it before, just not a fan. And I just can't listen to this song. And I skip it every time I listen to Brand New Eyes. I haven't actually listened to it since the album came out, aside from it popping up in public. It hasn't been on this era set list. And I'm just glad I probably won't ever have to hear it again, to be completely honest and blunt. I'm sorry for being as blunt as I am because the lyrics are really beautiful. And I know Haley meant them at the time. And it was a really cathartic song to write because at the time she felt all these things. But I don't know. I just, I just can't listen to it. I don't have like a real reasoning behind it. I just... It's, I, uh, I just can't listen to it. <laughs> and I, I feel really bad saying that because I don't want to trash a song, especially by somebody that um, wrote this from a place of never thinking that love was a thing and all of, all of the things that she was writing about, but I just, I, I don't like the song. So <laughs> I'm really not going to say much else about it just because I don't want to trash it. I don't want to hate on it. I just can't get through it i i don't want to and um the video is cool though i don't hate the video i think that it was really cool that they included the fan um valentine's day cards in there i thought that was really nice and uh i thought that the concept was really cool too i think it really went with the the lyrics i think it really just um i think it really fit so i i could watch the video on mute but I just won't listen to the song. But anyway, so Haley had to say about the only exception. Despite having zero faith in love with no reservations, I have found it. I hardly believe it. You know those dreams you can barely you can barely remember when you wake up, or the ones that feel too so real. Sorry, I have to say sorry to mom and dad if the first verse is embarrassing. You guys are the best parents in the world. Thanks for being selfless enough to get over the past and work together to raise me. Everything doesn't have to work out for it to work out. So here is the only exception. that was track six the only exception this is track seven feeling sorry this and looking up sound like classic paramore songs to me they sound like they could be right besides uh musically no, lyrically not so much this is pretty blunt too Haley basically saying she's not going to try and fight for people to wallow in their own shit and she's just going to live her life honestly though i feel like i in 2017 she might feel different i mean depending on the context but for me, as just a listener, this reads to me similar for, uh, with when she was talking about self-titled with Zayn Lau at the beginning of the the After Laughter cycle, and she tried telling Taylor, come on, just pick yourself up. But then after that era, realized that maybe this was difficult for him and her advice wasn't working because he was in a state of depression. I felt like feeling sorry might have a similar situation depending on who she's talking about. The same pick yourself up, stop being sad mentality might be super different now since she has experienced anxiety and a rocky emotional um not really depression, but she experienced a lot of things that she hadn't experienced prior to making After Laughter. She's not calling it depression, but a, a form of, you know, being down and just being wallowing in her own things, which is, you know, what I just said that sounds like she was telling the person and feeling sorry, you know, stop wallowing in your own stuff. Just pick yourself up. 
So again, I could be wrong about it because I don't know the context or who she aimed these lyrics at. But for all I know, it could just be about Josh and him being in the band, even though he was unhappy and she just wanted him to keep on pushing and moving forward and maybe acting like he was happy or at least trying to just put on a brave face until he finally quit the band. Overall, Feeling Sorry has a great feel to it. I like the song. I like the last verse. It's a standard Paramore song. Um, I have nothing wrong with it. I, I jam this song all the time. I wish it would come back on the set list to be honest I really like it I think it's a uh, really cool to hear live and yeah just 10 out of 10 a great song there was um in the f- in the brand new eyes dvd um Haley did a different verse of it um she said uh, no more sympathy you'll spend the rest of your life in a cave you're used to it just go on and live no more feeling sorry I don't know what I like better but definitely the original lyrics to all these songs coming out in the brand new eyes dvd are definitely cool to see and especially in 2017 I mean it's eight years later it's cool to relate them to different stuff that's happened since uh the album was written we have two albums now that are out since that record came out so it's really fun to compare all of the things that maybe I didn't notice in 2009 when it came out and now you know I have a brand new set of eyes seeing Paramore ha 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 pun intended anyway Haley wrote um about feeling sorry in script so I apologize in advance because a she wrote super small and b I can already tell that I'm going to butcher the shit out of this. So I apologize in advance. I'm going to try my best. But she said, this song is about people who would uh, rather hole up inside their box of, uh, of a world than go out and see what real life has to offer. I guess it's easier to customize your menu when you less options to choose from. I believe that's what she's saying. At 20 years old, I see a lot of folks my age living to sit around on the couch, smoke a bowl, and watch Entourage or some shit. I'm not saying everyone should go out and start a band today and aspire to make some sort of impossible difference in the world but it would be nice to see our generation do something then start a vlog so that's all she really had to say about feeling sorry like i said it's a great song here's a little bit of that i feel Again, that was track seven, Feeling Sorry. Track eight is Looking Up. I don't know why these songs were right after the other, to be honest. They sound super similar to each other, in my opinion. And I think if they were broken up with a song or two in between, I wouldn't feel that they sound very similar. But Looking Up is a song about their hopeful that the band was going to keep going and that everything was going to be fine. The song was probably written after they worked through a lot of their issues and started talking more. I Was a Few Cheap Shots Away from the End of Me is a lyric that really continues painting the pictures of Haley feeling 
being attacked throughout the process and maybe even after the final riot ended. The song is a ray of hope and talks about how grateful she is and thankful that they made it this far. She says it's worth fighting for and she's always wanted this and it really just shows that she sacrificed a lot of her sanity to get to this record. And I'm just really glad that she was able to cope and write these lyrics and kind of have some sort of outlet for all of these feelings. Again, I think it's a standard Paramore song. It's what people probably expected from them or at least did at the time. And at, uh, at that time, if someone asked me what song represented them, it would probably be this one. And I don't mean as a whole, like, this is this is Paramore song that if, you know, if you listen to this, you'll understand them as a band. But um, as far as sound goes, a lot of people associate Paramore with a lot of different songs. And I think for this era, um, it definitely summed them up musically because they were um, very guitar punchy and they were very pop punk. And, you know, they had this... Um, the sound about them and I definitely think that looking up and feeling sorry definitely kind of fit into that box and um it doesn't really make them bad songs it doesn't really make them uh like standard songs I guess but it's definitely definitely something that I would sum them up with especially the lyrical content kind of also sums them up for that era I would I would never say that now that that song would sum them up but definitely at the time um it definitely was a Paramore song. It definitely was what they um, what they've put out before. It definitely was expected from them. But now, I mean, they've turned that on their head, turned that on its head completely with self-titled and after laughter. That if you asked me what song represented Paramore, I couldn't even tell you because they have so many different um, sounds and they have so many different eras, and it's just they're not one band they're a multi-genre band and I definitely think that uh they can't be put into a box anymore and that's just to say that during brand new eyes they could be put into a box but uh feeling sorry and looking up definitely do fit a um I guess I'll say a box but it's not a bad thing they're really great songs and I definitely think emotionally the lyrical content is really good so that's all I have to say about it personally. But Haley said last year when we canceled the UK riot tour and went home, I didn't know if we'd ever get back on the road. I just want to say side note, I know we're at like track eight, but um, I'm not reading what Haley's writing before I'm talking about the song. So if it seems like it's repetitive, I'm sorry. But um, if me and Haley have the same ideas, it's just coincidental it's not because um i read this beforehand i mean i've read it you know a couple of times since 2009 but i haven't read this like throughout um like thoroughly since probably like three years ago so i apologize if it, everything kind of sounds repetitive uh, my ideas and what she said the songs are about so anyway she says i don't know if we would ever get back on the road i sort of thought we'd um run our course and it was over because I failed relationships friendships and stopped caring about each other I started playing music for a living instead of living to uh, for playing music I also reached in outside my circle of friends the band for acceptance and I hope I could find people to really relate to I needed real friends not forced ones that's when it became really hard no one understood each other anymore somehow beneath that and now we've grown up a little bit. I've realized it's not bad that I'm an individual. Hell, um, we all have our own thing. And now that we get it, I can't believe we almost hung it up. We're just getting started. Sorry, it was hard because uh, she wrote like right in the crease of this book. And, you know, this is in like pristine condition since I got it. So I'm not trying to like bend the spine. And the spine is like very thin anyway. So sorry if that was a little difficult to get through. But uh, yeah, here's a little bit of looking up. Hey, 
Again, that was track eight, Feeling Sorry. This is track nine, Where the Lines Overlap. So again, the chorus to this song and the second verse sound like Brick by Boring Brick with the auto-tune. It's so confusing to me, and I really want to know if I'm genuinely alone in thinking this. I've been thinking this for eight years, so please shout me out and uh, tell me if you think that it's auto-tuned. Don't, don't tell me if you don't think it, it isn't, because everybody disagrees with me and thinks that I'm fucking crazy. So if you disagree... I don't want to know because I already assume that everybody does. So if you agree with me, let me know because I really do feel genuinely alone in this. So besides that, <laughs> I love this song. It was one of the songs that they were playing on a few uh, shows. I don't know if they played it on a tour, but they definitely played a couple shows before Brand New Eyes was released. And a lot of people were super into it. I was super into it. I remember it came out. I want to say they started playing it in April. And Brand New Eyes came out in September, so they were playing it for a good couple months before the um, album came out. I think they were only playing Where the Lines Overlap and Ignorance. I'm pretty sure that they were playing those two songs at the time. And uh, everybody was super into them. I remember when they uh, debuted Where the Lines Overlapped, and I thought it was a really cool song. I was really stoked about it. I played it all the time, even though the version that I had was a really shitty recorded one from YouTube. But it's it's a standard song. It's... um about a long distance relationship it's another upbeat and positive outlook song which is a stark difference from the first half of the record side a of this record is angry and getting out a lot of frustration that Haley had probably held in for a while while side b is more uplifting and positive where the lines overlap is also straightforward and i think the lyrics do a good job describing the way that she was feeling and trying to convey so yeah overall i really like it um i don't think that it's all auto-tuned but I really need some help over here, guys, because I've really felt this way for a long time and I feel super alone, but I, I love it. I think it's really cool. Haley didn't write a lot about it, but she said, song is about long distance relationship, positive outlook. Josh and I wrote this the same day. We recorded it at Rob's. So much fun. The song will always bring good vibes. And I definitely think that it will, regardless of the lyrical content not being relevant anymore. I still think that it's a good jam. So here's a little bit of that. <laughs> That was track nine, where the lines overlap. Track 10 is Misguided Ghosts. Easily one of the most beautiful songs Paramore has ever done. The only acoustic song that I honestly like. In the DVD, Zach said that he tapped a magazine for added effect. And I think that fun fact is super cool. In the, um, I, I don't know when he starts exactly. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But basically, any time that you hear that like slow drum in the background, he's tapping a magazine. And I think that's super cool. 
I have You Are Not Useless tattooed on me because it was a really personal thing for me when I heard this line. I always felt that that insult is really powerful in the right context or the right inflection. I've always felt super useless that I would never contribute anything to society. And when I heard the song, I was really moved and emotional about it. I felt like Haley was talking directly to me, even though she was saying that line about herself. The song reminds me of In Case of Rapture by As Tall as Lions, another line I have tattooed on me that says, all hell is booked up and heaven's got no vacancy. I guess that this cruel world ain't got no place for me because Haley wrote see I'm trying to find my place but it might not be here where I feel safe meaning she doesn't know where to go now because the only place that she ever felt safe which is, I'm assuming might be within the band is no longer that safe place for her that song the song isn't as straightforward as the others there are a lot of metaphors in it but the song is super powerful it's simple it's clean it hits you it's easily one of my favorite Paramore songs when they played it on writing the future I basically like lost my mind it was so beautiful especially the crowd um, gets super quiet which is something that apparently doesn't happen anymore at Paramore shows because people like to yell during slow songs Um, sorry for that little drag but it's very true I went on a lot of shows on tour too and people just would not stop uh, talking during uh, 26 and yes I am one of those people sorry in advance If you're listening to this and you just rolled your eyes and said, oh, God, why is she one of those? But it sucks. Anyway, Haley had to say about Misguided Ghosts, and she wrote a lot about it, actually. She said, I feel like this song explains so much of how I feel... feel at the most random times finally a song that puts it all into words life is hard and i find it very dizzying to try and navigate everyone and every once in a while it's just a bit much then i have to wonder who's out there that feels just like me if we were all put in separate categories who would i be thrown in into a box with sometimes i wonder why anyone in their right mind or wrong mind would need me want to be like me or even care because I'm the one that knows how confused I really am then there's the you and me thing where I truly believe it's me and just a couple of others that really know if what it's like and we're just on guard constantly this whole page is just a mess of bullshit but at least I get it um I was just talking about this with somebody actually I don't remember where it was I think it was on Twitter when um, we, we were discussing idol worship. I think it may have been in my Facebook group, but we were discussing idol worship and how Haley said somewhere, which I guess is in the um, journal, how she didn't understand why people would worship her and idolize her and all these things because she knows herself and she doesn't see herself as this, you know, goddess or hero or anything because she's easily the most confused person that she knows or, you know, I'm taking that a little out of context I apologize but she's a confused person that doesn't have it all figured out and she knows that she doesn't have it all figured out so the fact that people think that she does is really troublesome and worrying for her because she doesn't want people to think that like this person is perfect and that obviously her life is perfect and everything is figured out for her when she knows that damn well isn't so I'm really glad that I actually found out where that was from because I thought I was making it up so yeah Here's a little bit of misguided ghosts. But now I'm told that this is life and pain is just a simple compromise. So we can get what we want out of it. Would someone care to classify our broken hearts and twisted minds so I can find someone to rely on and run to them, to them. Full speed ahead, oh you. Are not useless. We are just 
So again, that was track 10, Misguided Ghosts. We are on to track 11, the final track on the record and the only Paramore song that has yet to be performed live, All I Wanted. Before I get into the song, I just want to say how many times does Haley need to say that she's terrified of the song and doesn't feel comfortable performing it? Why is her comfort and vocal safety not important? I don't fucking get it. But you know what I do get? They've never performed it live. But I think but think about this realistically. No matter what, people are going to be upset if they don't hear it. They can't play it on Parahoy because people will bitch that, of course, only the privileged rich people get to hear it. You can't do it on a tour because no matter what, some country is going to be upset. They can't do it on a festival because not everybody can go or lives in that same state that they're going to do that festival in. They can't fucking win. My vote is to never play it because people will find any reason to complain. And I feel like this band will never escape this song. I just it bothers me because a lot of people are like oh just play it on Parahoy but you know Parahoy only is for like 2,500 people and a lot of people are already salty about Parahoy that the fact that it's like a privileged cruise thing or you know must be nice having that kind of money and you know all of this age-old bullshit that you know people just always like to throw shade at anybody doing something that they wish that they could be doing but don't have the means to or whatever it may be so Parahoy is out of the question in performing it live because you know people are going to be super pissed. Um, you can't really do it on a festival because like if you do it at like Riot Fest or Bamboozle or any of those festivals, even if they don't play those festivals, I'm just giving examples. But if they play it on a festival, people are going to be annoyed because they're like, oh, well, Riot Fest is only in Chicago. And how did I know that they were going to play all I wanted? Otherwise, I would have gotten a ticket or, you know, I would have booked a flight or whatever. And I would have went. And you really can't do it on a tour unless you do it on every single tour because, you know, if they played in the UK, America is going to be all pissed. If you do it in America, the UK and all of the other countries are going to be pissed. So really, my vote is to keep all I wanted off the set list until Paramore breaks up because I think that they'll never win. And I think that it's going to do more harm than good if they play it at this point. I mean, the song has been around for eight years and it hasn't been played. And Haley has stressed and talked about it. And like every interview that she's ever been asked this, like, guys, you really need to let it go at this point. Um, she says that she's terrified of the song. She doesn't feel comfortable doing it. She knows that she can't do it safely. You know, she hasn't fully sang that song since they recorded it. You know, she's expressed concern about the song. And I just hate how much people badger her about it. I hate that people bring it up. I know that they kind of bring light to it and they kind of like make it fun and they kind of joke about it. But like at the end of the day, how would you feel if somebody badgered the shit out of you on a constant basis about something that scared you? You know, same thing with when the album was coming out and people like leak the album, leak the album or when Fake Happy was announced that it was going to be the next single. Like, where's the Fake Happy music video? Like this band can never win. And it's just like leave them the fuck alone at this point you're not going to hear all I wanted. I'm sorry. It's just not going to be a thing. Just listen to it on the record. That's what everybody else does. So anyway, sorry about the rant, but it just really grinds my gears when people talk about all I wanted. And I pray to God that, you know, they skim through the Q&A questions on Parahoy now and they take out all the ones about all I wanted. But anyway, so the song, when Brand New Eyes came out, I remember I told people I didn't listen to it until like maybe a month after the album was released because I didn't really like it and I didn't really want to listen to it. I'm just going to be honest. I have no idea why. There was like no reason why I did not like this song. I just didn't. Um, so I was really unaware of the vocal part. People were raving about. Now All I Wanted is one of my favorite Paramore songs of all time, aside from the crazy vocal in it. I think the song is a Paramore song, but matured. I think it's different than feeling sorry and looking up, but also be recognizable by anyone who wasn't a fan of the band. They were totally, they they would totally know who it was based on the music to be 
totally honest with you guys. The song is again about a long distance relationship and that that person is going away on tour and her dealing with being alone. I'm actually not going to read what Haley wrote about this song in the journal. Basically summed up it. Uh, she's really proud of the lyrics and she's really proud of the song and that she was able to verbalize how she was feeling in that exact moment. So here is All I Wanted. That was the entire album, Brand New Eyes. All 11 tracks came out in September of 2009. Uh, my favorite Paramore record, and when I say favorite, I mean uh, Brand New Eyes and After Laughter are my two favorite children, and I'll never pick between them, even if you, you know, say one of them was falling off a bridge and I had to save one of them. It's not happening. They're both my faves. Um, Brand New Eyes is really important to me. Like I had mentioned in the beginning of the episode, I hold a lot of emotional attachment to it just based on where I was at in my life at that time and what I was going through and just a lot of a lot of those things resonate with me. The year 2009 has a lot of meaning to me, um, kind of in a bad way, kind of in a good way. A lot of stuff happened to me. I mean, I was 17 when that record came out. So um, it was it was definitely a really big year for me. And I hold a lot of attachment to this record, mainly for the year that it is associated with. And um, a lot of these songs, whenever I see them live, especially now, it just really holds a special place in my heart. I mean, I know uh, this this episode was really hard to make because I really don't want to rehash any of the drama that happened between making this record in 2012. And I hope I did a decent job and avoiding all of that nonsense because it really is at this point you know the band doesn't want to live in the past I don't really want to live in the past either but I think that it was important to talk about this record because like I tweeted that um, this record was absolutely necessary to make and what I mean by that is it was necessary to make because Haley needed to get out a lot of that frustration and I may basically talk about Haley solely in this episode because she is the one that was talked about most in the DVD and throughout that whole record cycle because she finally wrote lyrics that broke the mold I guess for Paramore because if you look at All We Know Is Falling that record was super rushed they did it in like a couple of months you know they wrote recorded and put it out within like and was on Warp Tour in like three months I think Haley said in that uh, MTV uh, you heard it first thing I don't quote me on that but it was like a couple of months that they did everything in and I think it doesn't sound super rushed but definitely was not as mature obviously because they were super young exact was like 12 when that record came out Haley was 15 and the rest of the band was super young so obviously the themes weren't as dark I mean uh, let this go is super super dark but I mean, if you compare that to Ignorance or any of the songs on Brand New Eyes or even After Laughter, you would think like, all right, so like a 15-year-old kid wrote that. But Riot wasn't really exploring a lot of themes. I mean, Misery Business kind of went there with Haley feeling a little jealous. Um, oh, when it rains, sorry, I can't. I can't think of the Riot track list off the top of my head for whatever reason. When It Rains was uh, super somber and um, We Are Broken. I think I meant We Are Broken, not When It Rains. But When It Rains is a really good song. 
and fences i know Haley was talking about she was taking a test and that's when she kind of came up with the lyrics to fences so riot explored more themes than all we know is falling did but brand new eyes was the first record that came out and it explored anger and frustration and feeling alone and all of these things that we haven't heard Haley do yet and at this point a lot of people they've been growing up with paramore but a lot of people have only been with them for three years at this point. Not a lot of people, you know, followed them from like 2004, 2005, 2006. A lot of people became Paramore fans around 2007. So Riot was their first introduction to the band. So they didn't really understand the progression as much as people like myself did. You know, when Ignorance came out, like I said, I freaked the fuck out because it sounded angry. It sounded like it was going to be a punk song, to be honest with you. Yes, I have a very skewed version of what punk music is, obviously. But... I really thought Paramore was going to go there and I was really stoked and I was really happy with how ignorance turned out because I'm like, yes, Haley, get it out. Get it out, girl. We all get angry and I think that you deserve it and I think that you need to let this shit out. So Brand New Eyes, I think, is super important because it's the first time that Paramore as a band explored real issues. You know, I don't think and don't quote me on this because I don't know anybody in the band personally, but when Riot was being made, they were super young and they were still getting their taste of success. So I don't really think that they had problems in the band yet. I mean, I could be totally wrong. They could have had utter turmoil and nobody would have known. But Riot seemed like it was very fun. All the photo shoots, all the interviews, like everything. It seemed like they were just kids having fun. And then Brandy Wise comes out and like everybody seems fucking miserable. And by everybody, I really just mean the people that were actually miserable. But you could definitely tell that there was a strain in the marriage, which, you know, they always talk about Paramore being some sort of marriage, or at least they did back in that era. So you definitely could tell the anger and animosity, whether it was because Josh wanting to leave or, you know, other reasons, whatever it was. But it was definitely a different tone. And I definitely think that it was important to get all of that stuff out. Just like I think After Laughter is important because um, the band is also getting out those feelings. You know, this is the first record where Paramore has ex- uh, expressed any sort of anxiety or any forms of depression or any mental illness. And I definitely think that this record is important as well. I definitely think that Brand New Eyes and After Laughter means so much to me personally and I definitely think they mean a lot to a lot of people personally. Actually, it doesn't make any sense. They, they, I don't know. I have no idea what the fuck I'm saying. Sorry. I, I have a lot of feelings about both these records. But um, self-titled really didn't do it for me. I'm sorry. I'm going to go there. But self-titled really didn't seem genuine or authentic to me. I just think that Brand New Eyes had a lot of anger and frustration. And I know that the band really doesn't condone that way of expression anymore, or so it seems. But um, at least it felt real. On self-titled, I didn't really get that vibe. I really didn't see any sort of passion or emotion. And sorry if, again, if anybody from the band is listening to this episode. I don't mean that in a rude or critique type of way, but... I felt the passion in Brand New Eyes. I feel the passion in After Laughter. Self-titled doesn't do it for me. I know a lot of people love self-titled. I know that's a lot of people's favorite Paramore record, but I listened to it on my drive to Meg's house when we were going to see Tour 2 in Boston. And I listened to it front to back, and it's just like there was no song that really stuck out to me and that I really resonated with the way I feel with Brand New Eyes or After Laughter. You know, I listen to After Laughter almost every day, and it's just because all the songs are good. All the songs are just, they they put me in a certain mindset for the day. Brand New Eyes the same way, you know. 
it's an utter and complete different mindset, but it definitely puts me in some sort of mood. And self-titled just like made me feel very, you know, nothing. It really didn't make me feel any any way, shape, or form. So I definitely think that um, when you show any form of passion, people respond to it. And I definitely responded to Brand New Eyes because of the anger and frustration. And I'm really glad that Haley got a lot of that stuff out. I don't know. I don't think she regrets anything that she's ever done. But I hope that she doesn't regret Brand New Eyes because it's a really important album. And I definitely think it's important that that part of her life is captured on a recording because now people can look back and kind of hear the story of Paramore if they weren't a fan the whole journey like I think every album definitely fits a point in the band's life and I definitely think you can hear it through the music especially me as being a fan since you know late 2006 I definitely feel connected to every album in a different way even if it's not really feeling much like self-titled I definitely do have a connection with it only because of the tours and you know everything that had happened I definitely have some sort of emotion about it but just very little compared to brand new eyes so I usually give my um all my album reviews um a number rating but you guys can already guess that I give it a 10 out of 10 I think it's fantastic I definitely think that it's mature um, it's matured past um, Riot and All We Know Is Falling. I definitely think it fits a third record vibe for the band. I definitely think it um, holds up in 2017. All of those songs are still solid songs. I still think Misery Business is a fucking jam and a half. I definitely think that that song aged well as, uh, as well. So I have the utmost respect for Brand New Eyes. I think it is one of the most important Paramore records. I definitely think that all of that turmoil made something beautiful in 2017. And I definitely believe that this record will stand the test of time. I mean, it's still eight years and I'm doing a review episode on it that so many people asked me to do. So I I love this record. It's one of my favorites. It'll always be one of my favorites. And I hope it's one of your favorites too. So that's all I have to say about it. Um, I am going to leave you guys with, I want everybody to hear the Miracle outro. So I'm going to force it upon you guys and I'm going to play that as the song for this episode. Um, I have a lot of bands ready to go for a couple episodes that are coming up. So stay tuned for that. I definitely want to give you guys new music, but I definitely want the Miracle outro to take us to the end of this review episode because everybody needs to hear the miracle outro. So um, before I give you guys that, I'm going to tell you where you can find me. I'm on Twitter, Rebel Hearts Girl, facebook.com slash Rebel Hearts Podcast. Uh, tw- uh, sorry, I don't know how to say anything. Instagram is Sam is Socks. And you guys can email me at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. I have a big cartel site up where I have the pre-orders for the second zine that I did. It has all of my paramour friends in it it has a lot of music friends in it it's basically the biggest community piece that i will ever do in my entire life i love it so much i love it dear i can't wait for it to be in my hands and i hope that you guys pick it up it's uh rebelheartspodcast.bigcartel.com there's shirts the first scene pre-orders for the second scene and there's sticker packs for 70 cents you guys can uh purchase those and I send them right out you guys can stick them everywhere you want and make sure that you don't break any laws when you do it and promote the podcast because I love all the support that you guys give me it's really incredible it helps make episodes like these and yeah I'll see you guys at the front here is the miracle outro (laughs) 